Brad Klein's second to last episode ever. Penultimate. And we're, and we're talking Syracuse football training camp. It's on Lockdown Syracuse. It's right now. You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Matt Bonaparte, Brad Klein with you on this wonderful Thursday. Thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Brad Klein, Matt Bonaparte with you. Uh, it is Brad's penultimate episode. Uh, his last one will be tomorrow's with J.P. Estrella, so we can't really talk about it there. But Brad, off the top, what's your favorite Lockdown Syracuse memory of all time? My favorite Locked On Syracuse memory of all time, definitely an off-air memory, and that's my tease. I'm sure people get a sneak peek on it on social media soon. But an off-air, prior-to-air, at this point we should have been on-air memory. Um, Never going to forget it. That's my tease. How's that? All right, well, I like that tease. Okay, Um, let's do it. It is time to talk football training camp. Uh, training camp going on right now. You've seen some clips of Babers talking, Sean Tucker talking. Um, Babers was talking about Sean Tucker. And someone, I think it was Dan Toratora, asked, how did Sean Tucker, how is he better? Because we've heard Babers say he's better. And what does that mean? You know, like, how is he better? They, they, you know, it's like, well, he's faster. He's quicker. I don't know if I believe all that. I kind of think that Dino's just saying it, so people are getting hyped on Sean Tucker again. Maybe it's a red herring because he wants every team in the league to continue to game plan around stuff in the box and Sean Tucker, but they're just going to pass right over the top. Maybe. That'd be crazy big brain from Dino. He's playing chess, not checkers. That'd be awesome from Dino. Dino. Um, All right, well, let's go position group by position group and say what we want from everybody in training camp. Training camp, like wish list kind of thing. So how about we start at the quarterback position? For me, what I want to see is a good old quarterback battle between Carlos Del Rio Wilson and Garrett Schrader. Uh, I don't know if anybody expects Schrader not to have the job. Schrader's going to have the job. But I do want Carlos to be there and being and, and play well. And he has gotten some snaps. It's been Schrader and Wilson and Go Real Wilson getting the snaps in training camp. So I think that that's already off to a good start. But I do I want to see that Carlos kind of get on Garrett's heels kind of thing. And it really would be miraculous for Syracuse to somehow figure out a way to scrape together a legit quarterback competition with their backup, Justin Lampson, being out for the season. That was confirmed the other day by Dino Babers. So that would be pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. But I think even more important than that is to see Garrett Schrader throw the ball more consistently because it would be nice to have competition. Competition promotes good play. But 
we know that Garrett Schrader is almost definitely the quarterback. I was confirmed with him attending ACC kickoff in North Carolina. You were there. I wasn't. But it seems pretty we're, – we're pretty sure about that. So if Garrett Schrader's the quarterback, what does he need to improve at? It's the throwing. And it's not just, oh, his arm strength needs to get better, which it could. But I need to see him throw the intermediate routes a little bit more reliably and consistently because that's who you're stuck with, at least for this year, right? Carlos Del Rio Wilson may be lurking in the shadows for next, but Garrett Trader's your guy. And if he's going to be your guy, he costs Syracuse at least one, maybe two games just because of his throwing. So could he get better? Yes. Will he? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, he could. Uh, and I would love to see him put on a show and kind of give Syracuse fans hope. Because the last time Syracuse fans had hope in a quarterback, uh, they were swindled in a way because it was Tommy DeVito. And Tommy DeVito wasn't good. No. Um, so, yeah, it would just be cool to see. At running back, I think this one's kind of probably the toughest one just because it's Tucker and you know he's going to be good, right? Um I guess I want to see him take it easy. <laughs> I want to yeah, see him take exactly. it easy to the other five guys that are in the room, kind of show off a little bit and see what they can do. I want to see what LaQuinn Dallin Jr. can do. The Escobars, a um, couple of those guys. So what is going to happen? Juwan Price, see what he can do, if he can get in the mix this season. Um, yeah, I want to see what the story is there and who's because, you know, Sean Tucker can't run the ball every single time. He's got to have a backup. So let's see it. Um, I'd like to see the, the, the backup shine a little bit. That makes sense because Sean Tucker's already so proven, right? But for me, the number one thing outside of rest, because if Tucker gets hurt, the season is over. If Garrett Trader gets hurt, that's a huge blow. But in a way, you're excited to see what Carlos Del Rio Wilson does. You don't want anyone to get hurt, but there's no replacing Sean Tucker at all. So if Tucker gets hurt, my goodness. But the real wish list thing for me is to see him develop his game a little bit fuller, right? And that's hard to do because he's already one of the best players in college football and thus one of the best players in the conference. But if he becomes a better receiving back, and don't get me wrong, he's actually been very good, better than people give him credit for. But he, if he can get better and become a more versatile back, that's only going to help his draft stock, which is only going to help Syracuse. And that's the type of thing that the Orange have to be rooting for. I mean, I would argue that one of the biggest days of this year for the Orange is drafting. You think about the recruiting repercussions, the recruiting ripple effect of a Sean Tucker day one pick, and that would be a game changer. Do I think he could be a day one pick? Yeah, I do. But in order to get there, he needs to show that he could be getting yards in every down in every way. I'm just looking at the line or the um, roster right now. Syracuse has such a young roster. Like outside of a, a few guys who have been there for a few years, like the roster is so young and like yeah. the running back room, especially running Tucker back is room is, is completely in its infancy. And, and the funny thing is like yeah. Tucker, unless they use Tucker as, as a, a complete mirage, like you were saying, which I think he's actually too good to do. Hey, how could you be cute, play around, give the ball to Sean Tucker if you're Dino Babers? I think yeah. you're going to see a lot of Chris Elmore in there. Like, why would LaQuint Allen be in there, not Sean Tucker? Hey, and he does need rest. He is he is a superhuman, 
but he does eventually get tired. So there will be points where someone needs to come in and it's not going to be Chris Elmore. So I think you're right. You need to see who it's going to be. And you don't have a guy like Trevor Pena anymore um, that you or Cooper Lutz where you can just use them as kind of a versatile gadget guy for a down or two. So it's probably going to end up being one of those younger guys. It's probably going to have to be one of those younger guys. And we'll see. I mean, I'm looking at Juwan Price, but it could be LaQuint Allen. And I think it is going to be a legit battle, like you said. Yeah. And they have eight running backs. So there's plenty to choose from. That's including Tucker. So seven guys besides Tucker who have a chance to step on the field. And and those guys are all either redshirt sophomores or freshmen or redshirt freshmen. So um, kind of crazy. But uh, all right. Well, let's go to the wide receiver room then which is also pretty darn young. And, and these, you know, you can't entirely go by the class because of the COVID stuff. Like, Tucker, this is his third season. He's technically a sophomore, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, but, you know, it is what it is with this COVID season. Um, in the wide receiver room, you got Courtney Jackson, Damian Alford, and Anthony Queeley, who are your top three guys. I'm not really going to look for anything from them so much. I mean, obviously you want them to play well and everything, but like really what I'm going to look for here is a guy like Umari Hatcher to impress, uh, Aronde Gadsden to impress, because those are the guys who actually have hype around them as the next guys up in Syracuse's uh, aerial attack uh, strategy. So... I want to see those guys do something. So far, Rondé Gadsden has done nothing to impress me uh, as a member of Syracuse's football team. Amari Hatcher, who was a redshirt last year, has a chance to come in and actually make a difference this season. Um, so I want to see them do that. And some guys, I want to see some guy I'd never heard of. Obviously, I've heard of him, but you know what I mean. Uh, impress, like Sam Warren or Isaiah Jones or Kyle Acker. Like, do okay. something. Yeah, so I, I hear you. Two things. One... I do agree with you. You need to see, not from the top three guys per se, but you need to see a little bit more depth from a very, very, very unproven wide receiver room. I think Isaiah Jones is your guy. I, I actually thought that he would be impactful last year. Big dude. And and a guy with a complete receiver frame, transfer, and didn't get to play too much with the exception of special teams last year. If you look at his frame, it's six foot four, two oh four. And I think he has a chance. There's a legit chance from El Camino College. The problem is that he he does not have any experience. And there was a, a bit of a uh, maybe an injury scare with him the other day. Now, we don't know how serious it is. If it is serious, then that just makes a shallow room even more shallow. And that's a guy who I was actually expecting some production out of. So, I'm, I mean, my receiver checklist right now, wish list, is... Hope Isaiah Jones is okay, and then see some development out of him. Because I think that Gadsden and Hatcher will be fine. They'll be good, not great. And then guys like Alford, Jackson, and Queeley will be your preeminent guys, regardless of how it works out. But Isaiah Jones, with that height and that athleticism, he could end up being a legitimate red zone threat. That's the best case scenario for him. All right, well, let me tell you about Built Bar real quick. Maybe he can eat some Built Bars, and he'll be right back on the field. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are developing yourself, or depriving yourself, excuse me, 
depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor ready. It's delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puff. Has a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of preparing it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place and just pull a brad and hoard them for yourself. Like all Built Bars, the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. So good. What's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and it is good for you. You're going to love the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late-night treat, or just to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. It's the calories, fat, and sugar. Go grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo LOCKED15. And we back. Um, all right, let's go from the wide receiver room. Do you want to talk tight ends? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, the tight ends are interesting. You got four of them on the roster this year. Uh, you've got Maximilian Mang from Germany, who I think is the name that everybody knows. Stephen Mahar as well from Rochester. Those are the two guys you know. Then you've got two freshmen here, Carter Clark from Hilton, New York, and then a Syracuse guy in Josh Kubala. Uh, so pretty exciting that maybe Syracuse is trying to build up that or that tight end room after not using them for so long. Poor Luke Benson, poor Aaron Hackett, two really talented players who never really got to do anything. Um, but these guys coming in, they're actually hopefully going to get to do something. Max Mang, oh gosh, I hope they use Max Mang. He's six foot seven. 260 pounds. Like, come on, dude. Use him. Do something with Max Mag. Yeah. The guy's an animal. Well, he's in a weird position, right? Because I feel like his best asset is run blocking. And you have Chris Elmore. So that's it's just kind of a weird spot for Max Mang right now. I feel like they kind of want him, they need him to be more of a pass catcher, and that's not his role. I think the best pass catcher in the unit is Stephen Mahar, and he's pretty unproven in his own right. That's my checklist. That's my wish list, is that Mahar is able to prove himself as a shorthanded guy, which is even more important now, most important it's been, because of the receivers and because you don't have that A1 guy that you can just rely on to get a third and 10, 15-yard completion. Go up the seam with Mahar if you can, and if he can prove to be the guy who gets open, the guy who uses his body to get open and then reel it in, from whoever passes, probably Garrett Trader, then that would be a game changer for this offense. But you know what you're getting out of Chris Elmore. It's exciting to have him back. And I think Max Mang is only going to develop more, but he's really going to come out of his shell when Elmore gets out of his way on the depth chart. Sure. Uh, and I'm not necessarily saying get him involved in terms of making him an offensive threat, but why don't you do something creative with him in terms of a block? I mean... 
Elmore, of course, is that guy right now, but he's definitely more athletic than Chris Elmore. I'm telling you that right now. Elmore's sure. like 300 pounds or whatever. He's um, a unit. I love Chris Elmore, and everybody should. He's just like 24th year of college, and he's still going. Um, Mang, though, you've got an athlete in Mang, and like I said, 6'7, 262. He's huge as well. Why don't you just like pull him on some run play, give Sean Tucker a downfield blocker, or or, or just be creative with him in, in some way to, to maybe make him, I don't know, do something with Max Mang? He's too much of an asset to do nothing with. Um, like you said, Mahar is probably your receiving threat. Uh, 6'5", 232, uh, another guy who's pretty darn big, so you could do something with him as well. But I want to see the tight end room get involved this year, whether that's catching the ball or being creative in terms of protecting Sean Tucker or the quarterback. By the way, Max Mang changed numbers from 47 to 81, and new tight end Carter Clark is now 47. So how about that? Broadcasters' um, worst nightmares is just players changing numbers. It's fine now, but a few games in – Michael Jones changes number, and, and uh, I think Stephon Thompson and Marlo Wax, I think all of the linebackers last year changed their numbers all to single digits. And the first game I called, I, I knew the numbers because I did my prep, but uh, yikes, it was it was an adjustment. And, and you're doing your prep, and you're looking at the numbers, and you're asking yourself, why, Michael? Why would you do this to me? I know your number, but it's not this. Why? So... Yeah, Max Mang wants to change it up, of course. That's that's cool with him. That's cool by me. Uh, we're here. We're talking about Syracuse football's offensive checklist for training camp here. Defense coming up next week. We talked about every position outside of offensive line. We're going to hit the offensive line and then loop back around. In case you uh, missed it, we're going to highlight some things. But, Bones, let's talk about the offensive line because the number one thing for me for this offensive line just to loop them all together in training camp, is one more guy, right? So the offensive line, you look at it top to bottom, the starters at least, taken care of. You have Matthew Bergeron, pro prospect, Dakota Davis, healthy, Veterello, fine, Bleich, exciting, I mean, not proven, but exciting, coming from Florida, and now he's been in the program for a couple years, and Darius Tisdale. But after them, you have Kalan Ellis, Josh Iloa, two guys that I think are very um, as proven as they can be considering their age, both sophomores. Outside of them, I don't know. And we heard what Matthew Bergeron said at ACC kickoff about Enrique Cruz. Go take a listen. Uh, Enrique Cruz, man. He got all the tools to be one of the best linemen in this conference. He got to figure out a few things, but he got, he got all the tools, and I think this year, he's going to be a little bit in the rotation, you know, getting some reps. So, you know, down the stretch, I think he'll be a starter for Syracuse for sure. And the offensive line. And the offensive line. Let's talk me. about it, Bones. Yeah. So, Enrique Cruz is that variable for me. And you look at the depth chart right now, he's behind Bergeron at left tackle. He might have to flip over to right. In case a tackle gets hurt, he's the guy, and he's young, and Syracuse is going to need him to step up. He's a redshirt freshman. Question is, will he be ready? Because he needs to be. Yeah, that is the question. Um, I think right now your offensive line is probably, you know, Tisdale, Bleich, Vettorello, Bergeron, and Dakota Davis. Um, but you're going to get a Cruz. You're going to get Josh Iloa. You're going to get Kalan Ellis. Um, those are kind of your, your, the guys you're looking at. I don't think that the depth is as good as people might think it is. 
I don't really have a lot of faith in Jacob Bradford or Tyler Magnuson. Um, But, uh, you know, I think you're going to get a lot out of Enrique Cruz because if, if, if Matthew Bergeron's willing to go out there and say that he could be special, I believe it. And I remember in his recruiting, I was looking at him, his numbers and his highlights and being like, this guy's pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, So hopefully he can kind of translate. I think this offensive line's, Without service, and a lot of people say service was overrated. That may be true, but he was still a leader for the offensive line and still, besides Bergeron, probably its best player. Um, and versatile. So, yeah, he was a good player, so I don't want to hear that. Um, I think they're going to be fine. I think some guys might – you might – that not excuse me. That might not be the offensive line all year long. You might see a couple guys get beat out a few weeks in and some changes be made. Never forget, in the 5-7 and seven season in 2019, all year long they were struggling because Carlos Vettorella was at left tackle and Aaron Service was playing center. In the final weeks of the season, they switch that. They swap them. Service goes to left tackle. Vettorella goes to center. And guess what? They start winning football games because that's yep. what they needed to do. So maybe you, you, I mean, with a new offensive line like this where guys are young, sometimes stuff happens like that where you kind of have to figure it out. Uh, and this is the first year of Bleich uh, and some of the other guys on the line. You know, the chemistry might not be there. So you just going to kind of have to figure it out. So uh, I'm looking for the offensive line to, to kind of start figuring that stuff out right now in training camp and uh, move forward. By the That's way, the thing. To, I feel like Would for the past of years, and, and you're more of a a Syracuse offensive line supporter, or at least in the past, than I am or was. The past couple of years, it's been, well, this offensive line is bad, but eventually they'll be good. This feels like the year that they need to be good. If they're not good, then then what? Because, well, I'm tell- because Bergeron's going to leave, right? This is his last year, you'd think. He's going pro, probably. I think they were pretty good last year. They were fine last year. They need to take a step up from last year. And there were times, and they were dealt a bad hand, and they had a lot of injuries too. So that's uh, that's the thing. And, and maybe some good came out of that. We saw what Josh Iloa can do as an interior offensive lineman. I'm excited for him, and he is he's the guy I have the most faith in right now out of the offensive line reserves. I think after the starters, you go Iloa, Ellis, and then Cruz. And I think that Cruz will be eventually good. And when he when he committed to Syracuse, that was a big deal. That was a very big deal because people know what his potential is. We heard from Bergeron about it at ACC kickoff. He has praised Enrique Cruz. But if for whatever reason, Cruz is not as good or more likely not ready, then I don't know. So you mentioned like Magnuson. Okay, right now he is the backup left tackle. Or excuse me, right tackle. If he gets hurt, then Cruz is your backup right tackle. More likely, if Darius Tisdale gets hurt again, then it's going to be Enrique Cruz, I think, starting at right tackle, which is the way I would want to see it both for the present and for the future. Yeah. Um, I think we're only going to get through the offense today, so yes. Owen and I will talk defense on Monday. but um, Or maybe Tuesday, depending on how long that J.P. Estrella interview goes. But, uh, yeah, you're right. That offensive line, you never know. And there's a lot to, to, to look at. Did you know that this roster has four long snappers on it? 
can never have too many, I guess. You can have four. Like, you've got Aaron Belinsky, our boy from Frackville. Uh, that's our guy. Um <laughs> And then, you know, you got Ethan Stangle, the freshman, and then two redshirt sophomores. So I guess there's going to be a long snapper battle. That's that's the battle that nobody's talking about, but they should. Yeah. Um, Aaron Belinsky is an absolute king. I mean, he's going to go downfield and make that tackle after that snap. I, I respect the the crap out of Aaron Belinsky. I love him. So I, I, I think, respect the frack out of him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay, well, okay, if we're going to talk a little bit about special teams, let's just state the obvious. Andre Schmidt needs to make more kicks, and James Williams needs to punt the ball farther and higher. I think Syracuse's special teams were some of the worst we've ever seen out of a college football team last year. I mean, the fact that you – it was like – I don't know how many Yankee fans are in this audience, but it was like in the late 90s when Chuck Knobloch had the ball in his hands and he just could not throw it. <laughs> when he had the yips, yeah. When James Williams would come on the field. It was like he can't. I'm. He's gonna get this punt like behind him. Like yeah. the guy was terrible. He's truly terrible. Um. So I'm hoping James Williams can show up and be fantastic. And you know what, Dino? Here's my message to Dino: Stop with these stupid like specialty punts and stuff. Okay. Stop the specialty punt. No, we don't need a specialty punt. Okay. Kick the ball down the field. All right. We're not doing specialty punts. Just do it. The gadget it. punts. I think he was trying to protect James Williams there because, I mean, there were times and he was just awful. I, I remember he didn't even travel to Florida State. That's your scholarship hunter. Yeah. Yeah. So I think <sighs> Babers was just trying any way to figure out figure out a way to make it less embarrassing for Syracuse and less embarrassing for James Williams. He's got Let's the not punting yips, him. dude. Yeah. Yeah. But he has the ability, right? And, and, and you know what? For Syracuse fans – it was even more of a shock to see such bad punting and bad special teams. So let's talk about the punting specifically because we as a fan base have been spoiled by punters. Absolutely spoiled. Um, we saw so much. I mean, starting with maybe even before Riley Dixon, Sterling Hoffrichter, and the punters have been so reliable and we become punter you in a way. So, to see James Williams, and he's young. He has more time to develop. He's only a sophomore. But to see him struggle that much, Syracuse, indoors largely, was was brutal. I'm looking for Maximilian von Marburg to give him a run for his money. This guy's from Wagga Wagga, New South Wales, Australia. Went yes. to St. Mary Macalop College's Wagga. All right? How long you hear that? I don't know. Yeah, next time you have to say it in an Aussie accent, though. <laughs> That's my guy, Maximilian von Marburg. I'm putting all my money on him to win the the job sooner or later. If James oh. Williams can't get his act together, together. Uh, right. Okay. Well, that's all we got for today. Uh, if you want to go get more on the ACC, go listen to Locked On ACC. Make it your second lesson every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On. Take you across the ECC in just half an hour. Make Lockdown ECC your second listen. That's Lockdown ECC. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen. Brad and I are back tomorrow, so get ready for the JP Estrella exclusive interview. Uh, we might stretch that into a Monday episode as well, depending on how long it goes. If not, we're talking defensive training camp wish list on Monday, and Brad will be gone by then. So, Brad, peace, man. <laughs>